Welcome to BDO in the Boardroom, a podcast series for board of directors and those charged with governance. Each episode features a topical discussion with board peers and subject matter experts on both trending and timeless boardroom issues, covering a myriad of issues including, but not limited to, mitigating risk in the increasingly digital world, navigating your board career, from landing your first board seat to succession planning in support of the next generation, to other top-of-mind issues such as ESG reporting, shareholder activism, and the insights we share through the BDO Center for Corporate Governance and Financial Reporting. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes or Spotify. Let's get started. Hi, I'm Amy Rojek, Director of BDO Center for Governance, and I'm very happy to have the chance to sit down with fellow colleague Tom Stringer, who is a site selection and incentives partner and practice leader to discuss the CHIPS Act and its impact. But first, a little bit about Tom. Tom is one of the top site selection and incentives professionals in the country, having secured his clients over $2.2 billion in some of the most high-profile economic development projects of the last decade. Tom leads BDO's site selection and incentives practice and has more than 20 years of in-depth industry experience in all phases of the site search and incentives negotiation process for a wide range of clients, such as major defense contractors, professional sports leagues, privately held manufacturing companies, and startups pushing groundbreaking new technologies into commercialization. Prior to joining BDO, Tom was a principal and national practice leader for a global consulting firm and served in various leadership roles in investment banking and public accounting firms, specializing in providing global site selection and business incentive services. He's authored numerous articles and sits on the editorial board of Area Development Magazine. He serves as a resource in business incentives and site selection fields for senior elected officials and state agencies and has been quoted in hundreds of well-known publications on various real estate, tax, and corporate location decision-making talks. So, Tom, welcome to BDO in the Boardroom podcast. Afternoon, Amy. Great to be here. Thanks. All right. So, I'm going to launch right in, and uh, I am going to ask you point blank, what are some of the top takeaways from the CHIPS Act and maybe um, that board members need to be aware of, but more importantly, perhaps beginning with an overview of the act itself and where it stemmed from? Sure. Not to uh, not to overstate it, but in economic terms, the CHIPS Act is probably the most bipartisan and effective piece of legislation that's been enacted since really the 9-11 era. Um, It is a national industrial policy that we really haven't seen here in the United States. That's typically the purview of state and local economic development organizations. But here we see the federal government um, outlining its plans to to recapture, if you will, an industry that it's deemed is absolutely essential national economic security, uh, national defense, critical infrastructure, uh, among a host of consumer applications. So it's a, a pretty exciting piece of legislation. Um, it's obviously been talked about for several years. It it was started under the previous presidential administration. Um, to its credit, the current administration uh, followed the, the path that was blazed uh, by the previous uh, occupants of the White House and said, we feel that this is important. We're going to push this forward. So super exciting, um, very intricate in terms of how it is going to be implemented. And uh, a, a lot of we'll see how this actually comes to pass um, as states and localities partner with the federal government and, and market participants to try to access some of this funding. At present, nothing's been awarded yet, but that'll change over the course of the remainder of this year. Gotcha. And so I guess if we think about from a board level perspective, 
what are some of, I guess, the the benefits or the the must dos in terms of of looking at this particular opportunity? Sure. The, the the overarching goal of the legislation is to get semiconductor manufacturing, photo masking for chips, which is really laying the architecture over there and the, over them, and then packaging and encapsulation of the uh, chip into a microelectronic device to get that entire ecosystem at a critical level back here and being produced in the United States. So the, the government is looking at where market participants sit in the in the realm of, of national economic security. It's, it's very easy to say that folks who do product for the DOD, for an F-35, if you will, that that's going to qualify for this. It becomes uh, very easy to say that if you're making chips or products that are things like, we'll say toasters or toys, that those won't qualify. But that gray area becomes the the Internet of Things, you know, Tesla, you know, transportation systems, chips that go into those products uh, and attendant services are probably going to qualify due to data security, financial security, infrastructure security needs. So that's really the first threshold for C-suite officials to look at. The second really becomes from a governance and an attestation perspective. Um, Multiple government agencies are going to really be monitoring enforcing and and contributing to the review of of those applicants that that receive significant awards from a compliance perspective so that ongoing requirement to be a catalyst project in national security to be reporting on milestones of job creation capital investment and and contribution to the semiconductor industry um, are going to be enforced very rigorously as we've seen with the ppp program over the course of the last couple of years um, the government takes use of government funds at the federal level extremely seriously. So it's something to be aware of in terms of how how project funding is going to be used. Gotcha. So maybe um, maybe moving on from this, can we can we maybe touch on who's going to benefit from this and really how? I think you started to talk about that, but maybe let's explore that a little more detailed. Sure. From a you know market participant and an applicant standpoint, you know what companies can get access to these funds. Um, I think the Secretary of Commerce, Gina Raimondo, said something very stark and uh, really set the tone for this early on. A lot of applicants are going to be disappointed. This uh, funding is going to be used to serve as a catalyst to return the industry to the United States. And the department is going to look very closely at those projects, whether they're fabrication facilities, packaging facilities, R&D, photo masking. What are the things that really will build, establish, and grow the ecosystem of semiconductor activities here in the U.S.? Things that are attendant to it, things that are not those catalytic type of projects are probably not going to be funded. And it will take a significant amount of time, uh, blood, sweat, and tears, and cost. To, to find out that no answer. So I think the more time company executives spend in the beginning to see if they qualify and where their activities and, and products ultimately fall in the purview of the department's viewpoint of what's important to national economic security, that is time very well spent. Because as, as publicly known, there's, there's $52 billion that's been allocated to the CHIPS Act for a variety of funding initiatives. Some of that's already been allocated. Some of that's going to go to university work, R&D work, consortium work, things of that nature. There's been news about some of the big fabrication facilities, Micron, Intel, Taiwan Semi, Samsung, 
um, that have all received um, significant, at least, handshake awards in terms of what they're going to draw from the CHIPS Act. But there's still well over $30 billion left. And how that's going to be, that funding is going to be allocated, scored, and distributed um, is really not yet known. So there is a lot of interest in this from, from company decision makers across the economy. Yeah. And it would seem to me as that, you know, there's probably a lot of room for increased competition, right, within the U.S. company base to enter into this field. I guess maybe in your mind, you know, are are there high barriers to entry in terms of taking advantage of some of these, you know, development of these projects to qualify for finance? It's a great question. Nobody doesn't like free money. Um, and that, that's one thing that when you have a, a numbers at this level in terms of, you know, 52 billion as the headline number, there is a lot of interest across the economy. A lot of different sectors of the economy are looking at this and how they fit into that chips ecosystem and, and where their, their role in a national economic security definition might be. So the level of interest, quite frankly, is extreme. It's also extreme from the state and local governments across the country that typically do economic development, wanting those projects in their jurisdictions, knowing that this is to some extent an artificial market that the federal government is contributing as an investor to, and that will spur job growth, tax-based growth, et cetera, the traditional economic development things that are the purview of states and localities. So the level of competition and interest is fierce. It probably will be for several years. Um, as, as we start to understand how the department is going to define these things. And you're seeing states take active roles in staking out, hey, we want these projects here. We want our constituents, our corporates that we're recruiting in to receive this funding from the federal government because we are also going to contribute to these types of projects. So in, in this space, given the fact that we're, we are in a down economy, too, um, you're seeing increased interest for, from from other corporate users saying, how do we fit into this? Mm-hmm. So we're going to be very busy in this space for a long time. So with that said, are there questions that boards can be asking of management, asking of fellow board members in order to best take a look at this as part of overall corporate strategy and prepare for some of the activities that to your you know, point that they may fit in nicely to, or can extend their current operations and expand that out to encompass some of these, you know, specific project requirements. Yeah, the the Department of Commerce took a very, um, I would say, well thought out plan in terms of trying to define what national economic security is. And essentially, if you read the statute enough times and you read the guidance and you read some of the commentary, they're saying, we think we know, but we're sure we don't know all of it, meaning that that's room for corporate decision makers to make an argument and make a case to say, listen, we contribute to this chips ecosystem in this way. And it's absolutely essential. Um, Obviously, right. That's not going to be the case for every every corporate um, board that's out there. But. Many more so than one thinks are probably playing a role in the chips and technology ecosystem, whether as an R- contributing to R&D, contributing to workforce enhancement skill sets, contributing to material suppliers, tooling, all sorts of things that go into building a really well-defined industry cluster. So I think um, if you're in a gray area, if you're involved in chip production, material supply, R&D, if there's 
there's an opportunity for some cross-pollination. It's worth taking a look to see if your capital investment plans could fit into one of the buckets that, that have been outlined by the Department of Commerce. And is this something that you and your team are actively advising companies on? How, how can boards leverage, I guess, third-party advisors in, in cases like this in order to explore these opportunities more fully? Yeah, I, this is definitely something that our team here at BDO, in conjunction with our partners at SEMI, the trade organization, we're actively involved in, in working through with their membership, with our clients, with new prospects. Do I qualify? Do our activities um, pass the trigger tests that Department of Commerce and Defense and, and, and other agencies are looking at as saying, hey, we're part of that ecosystem. Our capital investment plans um, should be supported. Um, you know, one of the big things that the government is looking at is, hey, is this economically feasible? You know, do, can a company pull this off? Will our funding be supported? You know, is our funding, in a sense, backstopped or secured by good market plans that this company has? Um, so stability of the investment that is being made on behalf of U.S. taxpayers is extremely important to the department, too. So it, it's something we're very busy at. And uh, I would tell you that the interesting kink of the legislation is that the DOC has said this is such a broad approach that we're taking here. We, as the, the U.S. federal government, are bringing in third parties to help us understand how we're going to score, rank, and award dollars, because right. we're we're pretty sure we don't know all the answers. And again, a, as a as a consultant, that's exciting because it means that there's opportunity for clients to make their case and and advocate that hey, we should be a part of this. And earlier, you mentioned um, referral back to kind of the PPC program and the kind of monitoring that the government did and the follow-up and the attestation of awarded money or funding that was, you know, given out to companies. Is that going to look very similar under the CHIPS Act? I would tell you that what was learned under the PPP program and then previously the the, the stimulus package, if you go back to the to the Great Recession, was that when we give out money at the federal government level, typically we don't do a great job of it. And I think that the department and and the folks on Capitol Hill all took that actually to heart because they were writing this while the PPP scrutiny and investigations and compliance work was really going on. So they had some hard lessons in front of them. I think the money here will be much more significant on a company by company basis in terms of the level of award the timeline to get it will be exponentially longer. They will be tied to milestones. They will be tied to performance. Um, where PPP was really money thrown out the out the windows to make sure that, uh, you know, the patient was still getting blood on its way to the hospital. That's the best way I could describe what the PPP program was. We'll worry about cleanup. We'll worry about everything later. Just get the patient to the hospital. Here, it's a much more strategic approach in terms of supporting things that look like they can and will win over the long term. And we're going to make sure that people comply first before dollars are released, which is why they're pushing to make sure projects are economically viable on their own before the government comes in to fill any gaps or reimburse any, any costs that they feel that are, are necessary to do so. Makes a lot of sense to me. So... Do we have any other resources that you might refer our listeners to? I know we're going to list a, a few of them in uh, the the notes to this podcast, but 
just what have you found helpful in, in your understanding of this program? Sure. We, you know, at BDO have created a pretty robust web web page uh, to this effect that's got a lot of really neat how-to guides, uh, potential scoring guides, you know, what groups need to pull together information-wise to start to prepare an application or work with uh, a third party that can help them prepare an application, what you need to do from a state and local level. Um, I think our SIA, the Semiconductor Industry Association, has done a very good job of pushing that out on its web page as well in terms of the joint materials that we've developed with them. Uh, truth be told, the U.S. Department of Commerce CHIPS Act page has done a good job for a government agency in putting out real-time commentary on some of the, the rulemaking. Um, the best thing that I would direct market participants to from an authoritative standpoint, a government standpoint, is the notice of funding, which is available at the U.S. Department of Commerce's webpage. It's called the NOFO, Notice of Funding, uh, regarding the CHIPS Act. Um, it's 73 pages of, of excruciating but really critical detail about the how and why of the CHIPS Act and what they're going to do in terms of um, looking at applications, scoring, and then delivering funding. Well, great. Well, it's it's fairly rare these days that the government gets a kudos. So <laughs> thank you for your thoughts on that. Um, any final parting thoughts before I let you get back to your daily daily life? Uh, we're certainly happy to chat with any any folks who listen to this and have any questions that may pop up and see if we can find uh, the ability to help or at least point individuals and, and companies in the right direction. And uh, I will say, uh, if you do take a read at that 73-page notice of funding uh, and get a little bit of the background of the program and, and start to see what I would call the, the catalytic nature of the CHIPS Act, I think it is proof that on rare occasions, the blind squirrel can find a nut in Washington, D.C. And, and do something that both sides can agree on and it will actually have a benefit for the, not only the taxpayer, um, but also for specific industries that are really critical uh, to the overall economy. So it's definitely an exciting time and, and there's definitely a silver lining coming out of D.C. these days. Well, great. Well, Tom, I thank you very much. And I thank you to our listeners for tuning in today and hope to catch you on more episodes of BDO in the Boardroom. Thank you for listening to BDO in the Boardroom. Past episodes and related insights are available at BDO.com slash BDO Boardroom. Or you can go to iTunes or Spotify to rate, review and subscribe. The views expressed by our guests do not necessarily reflect the views of BDO. For more information on the BDO Center for Corporate Governance and Financial Reporting and the resources we provide, visit BDO.com slash BDO Knows Governance.